Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott Knowles, and you are listening to another episode of I'm Spartan OCR Podcast. I have kind of gotten my voice back, so this week all you have to deal with is my redneck accent. On tonight's podcast, I interview Ted Kiley, super cool dude. We talk about all his races and how he got into OCR. Hope you enjoy the interview. Here it goes. Hey everybody, I got Ted Kiley on the phone here, and he's going to talk to us today about how he got into OCR racing and how his race went over the weekend at the Montana Beast. Ted, say hey to everybody today. Hey everybody, how y'all doing? <clears throat> so Ted, tell us about, you know, how like your, your fitness journey started and uh, how you got like into OCR well let, let me let me back up a step so so Ted just tell us tell us a little bit about yourself and 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 where you live and you know and where you what you do for a living well uh I am a native of the redwoods of the Santa Cruz mountains in central California but uh after getting custody of four children I had to move somewhere where we could afford to eat so I landed in Boise Idaho 16 years ago, and uh, still here, and um, uh, got in a really bad accident at work years ago, and ended up kind of reconstructed with uh, four-level spinal fusion and rebuilt shoulder, and put on a whole ton of weight, and just, uh, I was a mess, and then I just kind of fell into the whole CrossFit, CrossFit thing about six years ago. And uh, in 2014, I was judging at a competition that we were hosting, and I ended up meeting uh, a bunch of guys from uh, the Pack CrossFit in Twin Falls, Idaho, and they uh, kind of got—I got talked into joining them for the Sacramento uh, Super and Sprint Weekend in 2014, and I had no clue what I was getting myself into. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of call that the best time I ever had wishing I was dead. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, literally, uh, the first day, it was pouring rain. Probably by mile eight, I wanted to crawl. I was dying. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I was probably, probably 25 pounds heavier than I am now. And, yeah, it was really cool. The whole, they, 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 they call themselves the Spartan Spuds. You know, it's the whole thing. Oh, and, I get it. Uh, and that was really cool. You know, they'll cheer me on at the finish line, jump in the fire and everything. And until I realized that I'm bleeding, I'm muddy, I'm sweating, I'm dehydrated. And they're all wearing dry clothes, drinking beer. So I think I got some work to do. But, um, I don't know. I just, I just kind of gained momentum from there. And, um, I just kept moving, kept going at it and just kept doing things to improve myself. 
Now, Ted, you said something about you was in an accident. Was it was it a car accident? Uh, no, it was at work. Um, oh. I was a uh, I used to do commercial drywall and steel stud framing, basic uh, you know commercial interior stuff. And uh, I was carrying a really heavy load with a partner and slipped on some scrap and kind of buckled down to my knees and I ruptured a vertebrae in my back. Oh man! And so yeah. And so you were able to heal from that and start doing CrossFit? You don't ever have any, like, you know, pains or aches and pains from that? Nah, I, I, you know what? I've always been extremely limber my whole life, so that was kind of a saving grace right there. Um, I, it, 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 the last round of surgeries was back in 2003, so it's, it's been a while. Wow. <clears throat> I know, because I, I, I've never been in a... Nothing major accident, but I have aches and pains every day, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get like me? Yeah, I know. I don't, and then people talk about, yeah, man, you'll be you'll be running Masters soon. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to make it to Masters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will. I've seen your results. <laughs> so, um... So, uh, i seen, you know, i seen you went to Seattle and you raced there, too... And y'all made a big road trip out of that. You got a like a group of friends you go to all these races with, or? Well, I've uh, I've been a, a founding member of the BSOCR team, which is based out of Seattle. Oh yeah. We're basically a Pacific. Yeah, we're a Pacific Northwest team, so we cover Idaho, Oregon, Washington, and uh, kind of uh, Western Montana as well. And so we're we're pretty spread out, although the. Uh, base of the team is basically in the Seattle area with maybe a smaller amount in the Portland area. Oh, that's pretty cool. What is it, just like a Facebook group or something like that? Well, we have a Facebook page, yes, but we are um, actually a non-profit status team and uh, a sporting goods team called Roadrunner Sports also hosts um, public workouts um, that are conducted by members of the team that live in that area and whatnot. And they're pr pretty involved in the community. You know, as far as here in Boise, where I'm at, there's only a few of us. So, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of just observing and, you know, when, when things are going on, um, you know, in Oregon and Washington and we're there, then, you know, there's a lot more people to, you know, hang out with, you know, teammates and whatnot. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I always wear my jersey when I travel, though, too. As a matter of fact, when you and I met in uh, Atlanta last December, I was wearing our jersey. In the pouring rain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know when I, every time I look at your pictures on Facebook, y'all, y'all, it looks like a crowd I would like to hang out with because y'all always throw down at a good restaurant right after the race, and that's what me and my buddies do. Yeah, you know, gotta, gotta recover any way we can, right? Oh, that's right. I love the refuel meal. That's the best. Because <clears throat> we're going to Florida this weekend, and I've already been scoping out restaurants for the post-race meal. <laughs> so, um... <clears throat> So tell us a little bit about the race this weekend in Montana. It looked to be pretty cold there. You know, I'm kind of a cold weather person, so it doesn't bother me. Um, 
as a matter of fact, uh, the Montana venue last year was my very first competitive race on Beast Day. And um, I found this year to be a lot easier. Uh, it was basically last year's course turned around. And uh, last year, it was just nonstop climbing. Just climb, 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 climb. And every time you think you could open it up and get on the run, there's either water to cross or an obstacle. And um, this time around, uh, there, there was a lot more open stretches, a single track and whatnot, where you could really pour it on. And um, I noticed a lot of progress, so I shaved almost two and a half hours off my time from last year as well. I was uh, as, as exhausted as I was. I, I, I was just... I. I was so excited with myself. I was jumping around like a little kid. That's great, man. That's a big time cut off there. Yeah, it's amazing what minus 20 pounds do, too. Yeah. I know it's a struggle for me to keep weight off because I love to eat some food. Um, <laughs> Man, that terrain out there, it just looked like just the perfect place to have a race. It's just really just a beautiful forest. It just looked like a really cool venue. And the views are outstanding. You know, a lot of the obstacles you're looking over at Flathead Lake. Yeah. And, um, it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, um, you know, it wasn't as warm as last year. Last year it was 75 degrees both days. Oh, that's hot. And then it snowed on Monday. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a hot race. (laughs) But it's always nice when they change it up. You know, like you said, they made y'all run backwards the other way. Because, you know, some venues you'll go to and they pretty much, they'll start you out exactly the same place. That's what they did with us in New Jersey. The start, I mean, of course the trail broke up and went different, different routes. But the start corral was at the exact same spot as it was last year. Right, right. Yeah, it was... uh... Yeah, it was completely different this year. That's cool. That's cool. <clears throat> so, uh, how many miles did the race end up being this year? I went in there thinking it was 12.3 or something like that, but after uh, I've seen a lot of people's Facebook posts and that uh, their Fitbits and TomToms were looking at um, more like 13.3, 13.5, 13.6, and I think that's probably more accurate. You know, I, I think uh, people's, you know, electronics were including distance for sandbag carry and bucket carry and whatnot. Yeah. <clears throat> um, did you have to do any burpees at the race? Oh, of course. I'm an old man. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I failed the Olympus wall. I hate that thing. I, uh, we had the twister right at the fire jump, and I was so excited. I just started gaining momentum. I got halfway through that sucker, and I kept going. And I got this, I got this. I kept moving too fast, and if you can believe this, I slipped on the very last handle. Oh, my back. I've done, I have done that on the monkey bars. Now, wait, wait, wait. You fell on your back again? Because didn't you tell me you fell on your back in Seattle, too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what momentum does. I know. Yeah, I, I, uh, that was, a, I, that was uh, on, on the uh, multi-rig at Seattle. Was it rig? Well, it must have been because I, I never failed a monkey bar, so. Right. 
I've failed the most bars a couple times. That, that was a twister in Seattle. I fell on my back too. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was uh, I was all stoked that the um, live stream was going that day, and the one and only time <laughs> that I was on camera was after I fell off twister. I look over and there's a cameraman, not even 15, 20 feet away, pointed right at me. I totally right tried to find it, but I couldn't find it. Because <laughs> after you told me that the cameraman was there, I was like, ooh, I wonder if I can find that. <laughs> That'd be great to post. <laughs> so did, did, did they have that new tire flip there? You already said they had Olympus and the Twister there. Uh, no tire flip at Montana. And, um, you know, being... Doing the CrossFit thing, where we do that from time to time. I'll tell you what; those new tires are heavy. They're a lot heavier than they used to be. That's that's right, because you saw them in a different race, didn't you? Because they they had them in Seattle, didn't they? Oh yeah, yep, they did, and they were muddy and slippery too. Yeah, well, they say they they weigh about four hundred pounds. I'm I hadn't seen one yet. I'm eager to get on one, see if I can flip it over. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Yeah. I know. I, I imagine I'll probably see it if if I don't see it at any other races coming up. I'll see it in Asheville because that's an NBC race. They'll probably have it at all the NBC races. I imagine. I would. They would. <clears throat> so is is that the only two races you've done this year? Is the Beast in Montana and Seattle Super? Uh yeah, so far, and that's um that's pretty much when I started last year as well, and I ended up with six trifecta, but. That uh, that's not going to happen this year. I got to be more of a responsible adult. I've got things going, and I got to uh, I got I, I got to do some other types of organizations too because I've I've qualified for OCRWC three times now, cool. and uh, I need to get some practice on some obstacles that are non-Spartan related. Right. So I'm going to be uh, doing the Portland Terrain Race June third. I've yeah, done one of those. It's pretty bitter, fun. Yeah. Kind of bittersweet. I'm skipping the Monterey Spartan for that. And my whole family lives down in Monterey. But, you know, it was nice having them there last year. But uh, the competitive and elite Keith sold out in the snap of a finger. So, oh, I bet. You know, I, 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 I'm not traveling 14 hours to run the afternoon at a sold out race. Yeah. I, that, that's a long drive. I don't, if if it's driving maybe 10, 10, 12 hours max, I'm I'm good with that. But we drove 16 hours to New Jersey last year, and that was way too much. So we, we totally flew this year. But uh, it's, uh, we did that to, we did that to uh, Breckenridge. Uh, me and two buddies of mine who live here in Idaho, and um, that was similar to. Uh, Red Deer, Alberta as well, and Sun Peaks, British Columbia. Oh, wow. So you did some Canadian races last year? I loved it, too. Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, I think the reason not more... Uh, I think the reason not many people do these Canadian races is because of the Spartan website itself. Because to access the Canadian races, you need to go to the drop-down window where it says race types right and uh, it'll say u.s races when you go to the drop down window you open it up and you click on all races and then all the spartan races around the world show up and whatnot but um 
Sun Peaks Beasts, uh, Norm came out and designed that one. And it, it's a killer, I'll tell you what. It was a week before Tahoe, and Tahoe was like recovery compared to Sun Peaks. No way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was night and day. I, Sun Peaks is a killer. I highly recommend it to everybody. Now, now I know Canada, uh, Canada, they do, I think they do a couple of ultras, too. Did they have an ultra there that weekend? Is that one of the I think so, yeah. I, I, I believe they did, yeah. And uh, this year, Sun Peaks, is, uh, they're having their very first Canadian championship starting, too. It's Canada's version of Tahoe. Oh, that'll and, be cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great venue. It's, uh, oh, the scenery. Um, it's, it's a lot of climbing, I'll tell you what. A lot of elevation gain. It's not as high. It's not as high in elevation itself like Breckenridge. I mean, the top of Sandbag Carry for Breckenridge is 11,500 feet. Wow. But um, the, the amount of climbing at Sun Peaks is just, it's crazy. Now, <clears throat> What is there like big differences between a Canadian Spartan race and a U.S. Spartan race, or were they pretty much basically about the same? You know, as far as obstacles go, and I, 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 I um, Canada was, uh, to best of my knowledge, split between Eastern and Western, and now they are one entity. So I don't know what kind of changes there will be, but the, the, the three races they did up there last year, um, they used, especially Sun Peaks, more natural elements. There was a lot more um, like log piles to climb through and under and whatnot. Uh, they had one tunnel that was insanely long that went underneath logs. As a matter of fact, a lot of people chose to burpee out of it because of claustrophobia or who knows what. Um <laughs> And, uh, oh, like the rope climb, the rope climb is higher because it's not a pre-made rig like we have here in the States. They use uh, steel scaffolding from a rental yard instead. Wow. And their rope is, uh, it's, a, it's a rope inside a rope. Um, you imagine the rope that we got here in the States, and then it's kind of wrapped by an outer layer resembling fire hose. And you get about 80% of that thing, and all of a sudden you can see the fibers start stretching, but... You can swear you're not moving, but you are. Yeah, it's crazy. You just got to work harder to get up that thing. You know, I want to say they had a rope that was kind of like that at Terrain Race, but it wasn't a rope that you climbed. It was like a Tarzan swing type obstacle. But it was kind of like that. It's like there was a rope, and then it had like a sheath of a rope over it. Right, right, exactly. That's uh, pretty much what this was too and you know and uh once it gets wet and muddy oh it's it's really hard because uh because me and me and michael robertson we went and did the uh terrain race and it was at the exact same you know venue that spartan does it in atlanta so i mean all the tra- all the trails looked you know familiar but uh <clears throat> You know, they put on a good race. Uh, they had a really cool rig, and it was hard. And if you fell off of it, you fell into this big pool of water, which was kind of cool. <laughs> I'll find out. So, you, so you're going to do uh, OCR Worlds this year? Is that what you're planning on doing? Yeah, I am. 
am. I am. I, uh, I haven't registered yet, but I am going to commit. So, I'm going to be changing. As a matter of fact, it's funny you ask because I was just kind of coming up with a game plan today, and uh, I'm going to be changing up my training drastically. Um, instead of you know just a few runs a week and my normal CrossFit routine, I'm uh, going to be seeking out some you know OCR specific training. And I've got a couple people in mind already. Um, I got work to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been. Um, Hitting up friends that I see at different races about their experience at Worlds and looking at videos and whatnot. And, you know, whether or not I've crossed that finish line with my wristband intact or not, well, it is what it is. But I, I, I know I got a lot of work to do. Right. It looks like a blast. That's an expensive trip from South Georgia. I've looked into it before. <clears throat> That's not from Idaho either, brother. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <clears throat> Uh, so, did you see the, uh, you know, where they're going to go to Dallas and do kind of a U.S. championships or U.S., I forget what it's called, U.S. OCR championships, whatever? Yeah, I did see that, and uh, it's kind of sparked my interest at first, because I really enjoyed the Dallas Beast last October. Um, it was in Texas Hill Country, beautiful scenery, great race, but um yeah, I don't know. I, unless unless you're already acclimated to that kind of climate, I don't think I really want to be in Texas in September. Oh, is that is that when it is? It's in September. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd probably be pretty hot because that that venue we we went there in 2015 and it it was kind of like a almost kind of like a lush desert out there. It was kind of it looked like it could get right. really hot. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm just gonna focus on Blue Mountain for October. I hear you. Now that that could possibly be very very cold too. Uh, I do better in the cold anyway. And uh, I've got a I've got a great sponsor, uh, G H Unders in Oakham, Washington. Uh, they make oh uh, they make um, a base layer that is out of this world in both hot and cold weather. Uh, it was uh, originally designed for long-distance motorcycle riding. Anybody that's into motorcycles, you know, you know, they all know what monkey butt's all about. Oh, yes. And uh, nothing worse than being behind the handlebars for six, seven, eight hours and being uncomfortable. And I've been using this stuff um, for my races now, and it, it's incredible, so... No, I'm not, I'm not too worried about the cold. You know, it just makes me work harder. And, you know, I mean, speaking of cold, hey, that, that venue I met you at out in Atlanta, that's got to be one of the coldest races i ever done. No way. I mean, it was pretty cold there that day. It was 30s and raining. It was a cold race for sure. Well, it was, yeah. That combined with the, the humid southern air that I wasn't used to. And uh, I tell you what, I come out of that water under the dunk wall, I scream like a little girl. I mean, it knocked the wind right out of me. I know it was funny because, like, the day before, you know, there was people all in the festival area having a good time. That second day when it was raining, there wasn't nobody in the festival. People were finishing the race, and they were leaving. (laughs) Yes, they were. Yeah, Atlanta's funny like that. Yeah, this year, I was like, man, the weather's been really good. It's been really hot. And then this cold snap comes through, and it was in the 30s again at the sprint in March, too. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. 
This year, though, they're moving the super. The super's not going to be there. They're going to put the super at, uh, oh, shoot. It's where they used to do the battle frog at in Atlanta. It's Lake something. Oh. Forget what it's called. Interesting. Yeah, you going to come down for that this year? I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I know I know it's in October, and in October, September is going to be, September and October is going to be pretty busy for me. Right. Um, I mean, there's a whole stack of back-to-back beasts that I don't think I'll do them all. You know, starting last weekend of August, we got Breckenridge, then followed shortly by Seattle, then followed shortly by Sun Peaks, then followed shortly by um, Tahoe. Two weeks later, you got OCRWC, and um, I, I don't think I can travel like I did last year, so I'll probably only do half of those. And um, I'm thinking about doing the Carolina Beast, though, November 4th. We're, we're hoping to go there, too. See, we're doing what you did last year. Me and Michael, we're going to try to get a 6X trifecta this year. Since there were so there many so many beasts close by this year. Well, we went to New Jersey and did back-to-back beast, and we're going to do the two in Carolina, and we're going to the West Virginia beast, and then we're going to do that beast that's in Florida, the new one this year. Oh, that's right, uh, Central Florida beast in December. Yeah, it's, it's really close to, it looked like it was close to Tampa when I put in the address, so... And somebody said something about there was a tough mother that they did down there around Tampa. I'm curious if it's at the same venue. I don't know. So they have announced a location then? Because the last time I looked at it, it was uh, still to be announced. The last time I looked at it, yeah, they had an address for it, and it said, like, what it was, like a ranch or something, something like that. Well, I'm thinking um, at about that time, it'll be wanting to snow here at my place, so... That might be a nice little weekend escape, you know, head, yeah. over, head over to Florida for a few days. Yeah, Florida is nice in December. But everybody I've talked to that went to uh, OCR Worlds at uh, Canada last year, I had I didn't hear anything bad about that race from anybody that went to it. Yeah, well, same here. I know a lot of people that went. And they said, they, you know, when they were aware that I qualified, they just said, you got to go. You need to. You got to. Yeah, I think next year I might try to branch out a little bit more. I'm kind of sucked into the Spartan annual pass right now, so I'm trying to get most of my money out of that. Because, man, these races are just getting more expensive every year. Whether it's, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Savage or Toughest Mudder, I mean, they're all getting more expensive. I want to try Toughest Mudder. I hadn't tried one, and I want to do it. Have you done one of those? You know, I haven't done a Tough Mudder yet, although I was supposed to do one. Oh, before I even did my first Spartan, I was supposed to do one up at Whistler in British Columbia, and I had trouble getting my passport in time. And I missed the race. Oh. See, that's another issue with me. I don't have a passport either. So that'd be one more expense that I would have to do to go to OCR Worlds. You know. But, uh... Well, well, everybody should have a passport. I'm finding this out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
Ted, uh, going back to the, uh, the beast this past weekend, what did you feel like was probably the best part of the race for you? people will disagree with me on this <laughs> but I appreciated the cooler temps really oh yeah I overheat really easy I am not a hot weather person I mean I can deal with the hot weather if I'm in a whitewater raft or something like that but uh, you know when it comes to pushing myself I prefer to uh, keep my body temps down and so yeah I was enjoying the cooler temperatures and um had a lot to do with why I did so much better. You know, between that, being able to open up and actually get my run on as well, which I was not able to do last year. Right, because all the heels. Yeah, yeah, just the way it was laid out. And plus, you know, and, and I've lost a lot of weight in the last year or two, so, you know, that helps. But, you know, I, you know it was nice to be able to really get moving. Right. So... What do you think was probably the worst part of the race for you? Hmm. In terms of uh, abilities or just not satisfied? Uh, both. <laughs> you opened it. <laughs> well, I, I should not have failed that damn twister. No way. I was too close. I just got overconfident. Well, translation, I think I was starting to show off because it was right at the finish line. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, I noticed in New Jersey. I don't know. Other, other than that, I can't, uh, I can't think of a bad thing about it, really. You know, it, it, was a, it was a great day. It was a great weekend. Yeah, I know that's frustrating when you get to the last hold and, and you fall off. That happened to me on the monkey bars. I was on the last bar. I had to go one more bar and hit the bell. And I didn't make it. And I, it was in Asheville. I got upset. But uh, I, I've, I've noticed that when I was in New Jersey and I was on the Twister, that you could be almost three handles away from the bell and you could just about reach out and hit it from there so you didn't have to actually go through every single handle. I did notice that. All right. Yeah, you know, another plus, too, is the rig was uh, 100% rings. Oh, was it? And so that, yeah, it was all rings. There was no uh, no horizontal pole. There was no baseballs, nothing. It was all rings all the way across. Yeah, it's, it's a little easier when it's rings. That baseball mess you up. Yeah. I, um, I, 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 it's probably three-quarters of the way across, and I missed grabbing for a ring. And I kind of spun around the whole 360 and then tried again. I kind of, kind of cracked myself up on that one. <laughs> I've seen buddies do that before. I've seen one of my buddies, he got on one and he just kept spinning around. And he couldn't get momentum. And he just, I don't know how many times he spun around, but he finally just let go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all in all, I mean, even the, even the mileage was, you know, beast's length. It was a lot easier than Seattle. I mean, Seattle was absolutely brutal in every sense of the word. Man, Seattle looked like a cold race. And one thing they did not show in Seattle, you know, because I watched the entire live feed. I sat on the couch and had it going on my TV. 
I watched the whole race and I was like, man, it looks pretty flat out there. And I mean, it was all runner's game. But when you went on to Facebook and was looking at people's pictures that they showed, that was a muddy technical course in the backwoods. It was. I'll tell you, there was, uh, I, I think I could have done better shoes. Um, I was slipping and sliding a lot. There was times on the downhill where I had to traverse the trail back and forth. Um, and then there was times when I get on the run and next thing you know, I'm into the quick all the way to my knees and fighting to keep my shoes on. And (laughs) as a matter of fact, there was a lot of boss shoes that day too. Um, you know, it's going to be some archeologists really cashing in 500 years from now. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was to put it in perspective. Um, Last October's Beast at that same venue only took me 10 minutes longer than the Super two weeks ago. Holy crap. Yeah, that's uh, that's the intensity of it. I mean, a double sandbag carry half mile was absolutely wicked. Dang. And, and, didn't you, and where you was talking about that mud was that, didn't you have to carry the bucket through some of that deep mud? Oh, yes, absolutely. And on day one, it was two laps up and, you know, so you take the bucket and you're down the hillside, you're back up the hillside, you're down again and back up. Um, well, lucky for us on sprint day, it was just one lap. They they, they cut the distance in half on that. And, um, yeah, there was a lot of spilled gravel on that hill in all the heats. I mean, even the elites and competitors. So, so you did the sprint there uh, Sunday too? Yes. So you've already got a trifecta this year then already. I do. Congratulations. Um, So I kind of got a list of questions I go by, so that's why it kind of sounds like I'm just going through questions. It's because I am. (laughs) So what is like your, and I like asking this question because everybody's different, and always like like to give insight to anybody listening or if they hear something somebody else does and they may want to try it that's why i like it this is one of my favorite questions what is something you do like your race ritual like what is your pre-race ritual what is your you know your post-race and like your morning of like well i mean what do you do on oatmeal and a flirt shot espresso three hours before starting time. Um, double dose of beta elite 30 minutes before start time. And right before I hop that wall, I usually suck down a hammer fuel and a honey stinger. And um, so I think I kind of get uh, a little base of carbs going to at least get me a few miles. I try not to carry too much, so... I try to fuel up, you know, get up nice and early, you know, because I, I, I don't want food in my belly when I start. That's right. See, I try to, I try to do that too. I'm, I'm pro- sometimes I go a little over, but I'm, I usually try to, you know, get all of my breakfast out of the way three hours before. Uh, it, it makes a big difference. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, like, the day, like, the night before, do you, like, load up, carb load? You got a dinner you go to, or? You know, I try, 
I, I would say I, I should probably try and load more than I do. Life kind of gets in the way and I get forgetful. Um, but I, I, I basically start like four days before the race. You know, I'll eat lots, lots of like sweet potato fries and fried plantains and stuff like that. And um, on top of, I try and go through at least, a, you know, uh, I, I, about four days before the race, I try and go through a gallon of spring water and one bottle of Pedialyte as well. And you, so and load up on that. And you drink a bottle um, of Pedialyte every day? Before, yeah, I, I try not to eat too much the night before, although sometimes at these gatherings, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, at the BSOCR team, we had a killer lodge rented out for Montana. And, of course, there's a whole ton of food the night before and everything. I had to be really careful not to eat too much, you All know, right. have too much in my system. Yeah, I'm bad about that too. <laughs> I think like when we we ran our ultra last year, I think we ate and it was a local pizza place we had to deliver and they were running behind and we ate this it was pizza and wings and me and Michael pretty much split it and it was like a large pizza and it was greasy. The wings were just sitting in grease. And it was like nine o'clock and we polished it off, you know, and I'm like, man, this ain't going to go over well, but <laughs> it, it, it all worked out. It all worked out. <laughs> okay. So, so after, so after a big race, is there anything you do to like refuel or do you roll out or if you know you're well, going to run on Sunday? Uh, I, 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 I tell you, um, no, how should I say? I, I don't want to like kick the gift horse in the mouth, but I don't usually use those free beer bands at most races because, hey, I'll say it in public, I can't stand Coors Light. <laughs> but uh, the Montana venue has a contract with the county that they have to use local breweries. And so you walk up to the beer stand at the Montana venue with that free bracelet, and you have your choice of three or four microbrews that are just off the hook. Oh, wow. M Michael would oh, love yeah, that. Oh, yeah, it's great. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm not much of an IPA guy, so I go for the darkest one that there is. And then um, from then on, I eat everything inside. <laughs> yeah. And I did Saturday. I'll tell you what, we uh, got back to the house, showered up, and went out to a pizza place, and I just shoved food down and... Um, the rest of the team was back, and we got back, and they were all set up with the big old taco feast. So I kept eating. <laughs> I know I've seen the pictures of that pizza place. That pizza looked damn good, too. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was called Mackenzie River Pizza, and we actually have a location here in Boise where I live, too, so I was already familiar with the menu. <clears throat> you were talking about Coors beer, or Coors Light beer. I actually saw a meme today on Facebook, and it was a cop pulling somebody over, and the cop said, have you had anything to drink tonight? And the person said, yeah, I've had 10 Coors Light. And he's like, well, I asked you if you had anything. I asked you if you drank any beer, alcohol tonight, not cat piss. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> so I know you mentioned, and I want you to tell me again, because I, I didn't catch it. You said something about, and I want to ask you, like, what products do you swear by, like your shoes? And you said something about that motorcycle gear. What was that company again? They're called 
G-H Unders. G-H Unders. And, yeah, and on my Facebook um, page, you know, it says right at the top, uh, you know, sponsored athlete at G-H Unders USA, whatnot. And, um, yeah, their stuff is great. As a matter of fact, I got a discount code, too. It uh, goes by Elite Freak Show 15. And that's your uh, Freak Show's your Instagram, too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Elite Freak Show 15. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, 15% off anything, 30 bucks or more. Oh, cool. <clears throat> I love their stuff. And uh, I've, as far as shoes go, um, yeah, I've been going through all the popular brands. And um, the last year, I have settled on Saucony Peregrines. Although... Um, I'm not real sold on the fit of the Peregrine 6 and 7, so I'm switching to another one made by ASICS now. The, um, oh, I forgot the name. I've got it saved on Amazon, but it's come highly recommended by a few people. And, uh, I think I know which ones you're talking about because I've seen some people wearing them. Because I, I, I know there, isn't there's a popular color for them. It's like a green and an orange color for them. Oh, the Saucony? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I actually have some older ones, the Peregrine 4, uh, discontinued years ago, but uh, somebody's selling them on um, Amazon, and they just happen to match our team jerseys real well, you know, with the green and yellow color. Right. But uh, I felt they, they, they've been flawless in every terrain until Seattle's mud. And uh, so I, I need to go with something a little more aggressive should I come across that again. Unfortunately, I can't wear ice bugs, though, because, in my opinion, they're made for skinny feet, and um, I just can't get my feet in them. Yeah, I, I hate to, I mean, I think they're great shoes. I tried a pair of them, but it's, it's like you said, it's, a, it's, a, it's not that they're for skinny feet, but the shoe itself has a narrow footprint. I mean, even compared to, to, to Innovates, it's just got a narrow footprint, and it's got those tall cleats on the bottom of it. And I tried them in one race, and I kind of like almost rolled my ankle two times wearing it, and I was just, I mean, and it might have just been bad luck, or but part of me was thinking, well, I just wonder if it's because this shoe sits high off the ground, and it's narrow. That's a... I, 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 didn't, I hadn't worn any more races just because of that, and I got them in a box. I might just use them for training now. I just, I mean, I even held them up beside my Innovates that I wore, and it almost looked like there was at least a quarter inch different in the width of the heel footprint. And I was like, you know, and there wasn't no difference in the weight, really, so I figured I might just use those for training. likes the speed cross from Solomon um, I've had nothing but bad luck with them um, you know I, I get too much too much toe and heel slide out of them and um, there's too much lift for them and one of my CrossFit buddies is a podiatrist and he said get rid of them there's just too much lift they're not for you yeah and um, he was right and then not enough protection under the balls of the feet and I noticed every time I used them for a beast my knees would go out really I know yeah, that. just not enough. Not, not, I, I weigh 230 pounds, too, so 
you know, I, I need some cushion under my feet. I've tried on a pair, but I've never, I mean, besides just trying on a pair, I've never ran in them or nothing like you, but I've always thought the same thing too. They had a lot, they had a lot of drop to it. I, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I want to say it was like maybe 10 or 12 millimeter drop, I thought. Yeah, it's 10. Yeah. That's a lot. And the, the, the Peregrines are four, and it seems to be a pretty popular um, ones. Um, I've been meaning to try the Ultra. Lone Peak or Superiors, and um, that's the ones and, uh, I want to try too. Right, right. And I've heard some yeah, people say that you know a four to six millimeter drop is better than a zero because they say when you just try to cut it all out and go to a zero drop, you know, I've heard a lot of people having problems with their Achilles, you know, just because they jump into it too fast and they don't adjust to it. Right. But that's, I would like to try them just to see how they do, you know, because they say that you should be running in zero drop. Yeah. Okay. I got Amazon opened up. Uh, my next pair I'm trying at the Boise Sprint are the Asics Gel Fuji Renegade. That's it. The and, Fuji. Uh, yeah. It's based in this by a few Facebook posts of people who just finished some races and just sent them. Um, private messages and they describe their experience and they, they love these shoes and you know Amazon's got them as low as like 80 or 70 bucks that's pretty cool and cheap. they're one of the shoes that have the um, oh what do you call it the kind of like a, a, a inner membrane that goes up a little higher up the ankle and cinches tight kind of acts like its own gator right and not to keep, keep some of the crud out of the shoe that's always a good thing, too. Yeah, yeah, I got a bunch of little rocks in my shoes at Montana, and I'm, matter of fact, I'm wearing sandals right now. I got little, uh, little cuts and scrapes all over my toes and stuff from all the little rocks that got in there. Right. I know, man, you could ruin some socks, like a good pair of compression socks. You will ruin them by, you know, wrestling with a rock in your shoe. It'll put holes in them expensive socks. Um, yeah, I, I always, um, I usually wear a, a crew length sock with a separate compression sleeve for the calf over it, um, for lots of reasons. Uh, I, I like having the compression separate from the sock, so each one moves on its own, but I also like having two layers around my shin for the rope climb because my style kind of you know, rubs against the lower shin, and um, also the uh, the traverse rope. I like having two layers uh, behind my Achilles, so you know that way. I mean, I'm, I've seen people unprepared. You know, they hit that traverse rope, and they're just wearing little no-show socks. Next, thing you know, they're bleeding the rest of the race. Oh yeah, yeah. I've tried to just get out of the habit of. I don't just drag my legs across it. I kind of just monkey crawl i guess i'm i move a leg and an arm at the same time and then just do that back and forth but i still wear i still wear i usually wear compression pants so it's all and then i wear compression socks under that so that usually always helps with that too right and the rope climb like you said yeah. I, 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 I don't know i've uh, i've as far as real compression pants go i've i've used the 2xu but the difference 
I, I mean, I'm assuming there's more than one model. Uh, the model that I picked up off of Amazon, they, uh, they, they were great, but they were too tight. You know, I, I was having some movement problem. That was the extra large, too. Right. But um, I, I did like them, though. I mean, definitely like them, but I just felt like they could have been just a little bit bigger to allow me a little more freedom of movement. You know, so it's a big and tall problem. I found this company called, and it's on Amazon, and it was just on the cheaper compression side because when I did my first race was in Atlanta, it was it was like 30 degrees there. And I figured, you know, I'm going to get something cheap, and, you know, and it was a company, and it's called Subsport. And it's actually a big company. I want to say it's in the U.K., but I'm not sure. But you can pick up their tops and bottoms for, like, 20 bucks on amazon and i swear by them i love them i know that the tops run small like i would normally wear like a large and under armor but you got to get an extra large in their tops but the the pants they fit right on point but i've gotten the regular and some of the thermal compressions of course you probably don't wear thermal compressions do you doing the thing i have both the heat gear and the cold gear so yeah sometimes right and you were saying about how you like the older model uh of those paragons than you do the newer ones uh and i always tell everybody this you know when you're shoe shopping there's a website on on the internet and it's it's more like a chick website i think but they have men's uh stuff on there too it's called 6 p.m., the number 6 p.m., right. but they usually right, right. they usually always have older models of shoes on there, and sometimes you can pick up Innovates really cheap off of there, too. I usually, yeah, I forget that site. Yeah, I usually will check them and Amazon and whoever's got the cheapest price. I'll usually go with them. <clears throat> I need to check that out, yeah. Yeah, yeah the other thing is, uh, it innovates too. I have the same problem with my knees because of lack of uh, cushion underneath. Yeah. Um, man, I love I love the traction of the mud claws and the X talon. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can't wear them for anything more than a sprint, or else my knees just say bye bye. Yeah. And I'm you know, and, and I'm limping across the finish line. Yeah, I feel you there. There is not much cushion to them at all. Because when I was in New Jersey the first day, I said, I'm going to take it easy because, you know, I have bad problems with my IT bands from running. If I put in too much running, my IT bands will start giving me a fit, especially bombing downhills. So the first day in New Jersey, I took it easy. And then the second day, I kind of opened it up a little bit. And I was, I, I didn't have any knee pain, so I was actually pretty happy with that. I'm hoping maybe I'm growing out of it. That would be great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're more of a speedy built kind of guy too, you know. Whereas I'm just this big lug kind of, you know, bump, bump, bump. There's just there's a lot of uh, my my feet take a lot of punishment at my weight, and yeah. you know that's actually uh, one of my goals that I wrote down on paper today. Um, before October, I want to drop at least another ten pounds. I hear you. Hey, I was at two twenty one time. I've been there. Oh, man, I haven't seen 220 since high school. <laughs> <laughs> that was a win. 
I, I got to that point because I work for a hospital and it's one of those things where you just walk through the cafeteria, you swipe your badge and they take it out of your paycheck. And I was just eating trash. And man, I put on some weight so fast, it wasn't even funny. I had to just finally say, okay, I'm going to do something about this now. Right. <laughs> All right, Ted, man, I got a few more questions for you and then I'm going to let you go. So, uh, okay. what obstacle in a race do you dread the most? Oh, that's easy. The rig. The rig? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a tall person's nightmare. Yeah, it really is. Because sometimes... And you know, when I went to Wintergreen, I, I, I volunteered, and we put together the rig. And in Wintergreen this past, or last year, it was high off the ground. And, and they were saying, and the guy that was helping me build it, he's like, this is going, they're probably going to make us, you know, do, put some stuff under this because it's too high off the ground. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, most people want it to be a little higher off the ground because you won't graze the ground or touch the ground. <laughs> no, you know what? And that was, you know how I brought up how the Canadian races were more homegrown equipment wise and whatnot? Yeah. Their multi rig, their multi rig is also set up with steel scaffolding instead of a pre made frame, and so it's higher. And I actually got the multi rig up there, and um, well, mind you, truth be known, I failed it. I did my thirty burpees, and the volunteer said, "Dude, you were like so close. Try it again." So I tried again, and I got it, and that was only because um, I was able to, you know get momentum going from one object to the next without fear of my toe hitting the ground. Because once your toe hits the ground, that's it. Yep. You know, you catch traction and it just pulls you right off of it. Yep. And you're, and, uh, and, and you are a tall guy I, so too. Basically, I, I went for the longest time just considering a clean race, a 30 burpee race. Yep. Yep. Another rig race, another rig race. <laughs> and, and you're tall. You're over six feet, aren't you? Yeah, I'm six four. Yeah, that's a tall guy for a rig too. <clears throat> okay. So what obstacle do you love the most? <laughs> oh boy. Now this is where my sick sense of humor comes in. Um I love the swim at Tahoe. Oh, really? Yeah, I can imagine a whole bunch of people are going, you are an idiot. <laughs> um, I, I, I was raised in uh, the Santa Cruz, California area, and uh, the Monterey Canyon is one of the deepest offshore canyons in the world. We have colder water there than a lot of Western Canada even. And so, you know, the cold water doesn't bother me a bit. And uh, I really enjoyed that swim. It cooled my joints off, gave me mobility and whatnot. Um, but in a, in a standard race, uh, being a CrossFitter, I can nail that rope climb in two and a half holes and I'm done. No way. That's impressive. Well, I'm six foot four too. So, you know, <laughs> I'll usually jump and I'll get, uh, you know, standing on my tiptoes, I have an eight foot reach. So, you know, if I'll give it a little jump, so I'll start, my hands are at nine foot and then, uh, you know, one pull, two pull kind of pull smack. And I'll slide down. I'm gone. Dang, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Never thought about it that way. <laughs> okay, Ted. 
what has been out of all the OCR races you've done, it doesn't have to be Spartan. What has been your fa- your your most favorite race and and why? I knew you were going to drop this one on me. <laughs> oh, that's tough. I don't think I could pinpoint just one. I really don't. It's hard to. I got to tell you, I really enjoyed your backyard, the Atlanta Super, last December. Really? Um, oh, it was like it was still full of nice hills and whatnot, but you could just get going on those trails. But it was like... Uh, it was like running through the world's biggest mossy oak camouflage commercial. <laughs> you know, that was really cool. I loved it. Um, Breckenridge um, is amazing once you're over the elevation. I know a couple of elite runners at DNF without even getting out of bed. His town sits at 10,000 feet. But the scenery was just absolutely amazing. Just unreal. Um Sun Peaks, British Columbia. We went over that, and um, and Tahoe, of course, too. And Tahoe was a lot of fun. So I, I would have to say those are my faves right there out of the twenty races I did last year. Right now, I, well, I can't forget Dallas either, though. Dallas was really cool as well. That's a very cool venue. That just that that uh, terrain there is really cool. It's neat if you've never been out there and been around that kind of terrain before. I enjoyed it a lot. I have some advice for anybody that who has not done the Dallas Beast and wants to get ready for the hardest bucket carry you can possibly imagine. Nothing has even come close to that one. Now I remember when we were there, we had to go up this rock cliff it's kind of like yeah. a rock cliff face and it had to be in one of the only hills that were there that, yeah but that it sucked it, it, it did suck all, all over those rocks and everything and then you're going through single track with branches hanging out you have no idea where you're going or how much farther up you're gonna go and and then you had to come back down about the same hill it was just over a little bit right yeah so that, that does sound like the same bucket carry we did when we was there in 2015. <laughs> now, that they did really good with the Atlanta Super when you were there because they run us underneath the road and you actually went through part of the Olympic horse park area. They, they did really good with the Super that year. Really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that weekend. That was great. That was a great venue. That was and the, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta is a great city. I wish I, I wish I had time to uh, explore the city a little more than I had a chance to. Great place. Yeah, except for the traffic. Traffic sucks there. Well, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. I know what traffic's all about. Yeah. Oh, I bet. <clears throat> okay. So, what has been your hardest or what you would call your worst race or the race that you did not like? Oh, I knew this was coming, and <laughs> I got a bone to pick with the... I have a serious bone to pick with the Utah Super. Really? Um, I almost DNF'd that sucker, and my buddy and teammate, Brian May, if you're listening, I still owe it to you because you stuck with me the whole way and made sure I finished that race. Um... 
Yeah, the venue sits at uh, Nordic Valley Ski Resort, um, east of Ogden, Utah. And it's about 9,000 foot elevation, and uh, temperatures were well into the 90s that day. Wow. And, uh, it was brutal. Everything That's a hot race. <laughs> if you can imagine this, even the multi-rig was uphill. Wow. I bet yeah, that was they tough. didn't put it on flat. They put it uphill. I bet that was tough. I've done monkey bars yeah, on the uphill, and it ain't fun. Yeah, no, it was a it was a hard race. It really was. So, nope, we're we're getting a rematch in August. <laughs> there you go. Go back. Do it better. There you go. So, and, and you've done several of these races that are at higher elevation where they say it's harder to breathe and all that. Have you had problems, you know, running the races at these higher elevations and breathing it? Uh, well, I'm back to Utah again. I learned my lesson um, to uh, be more prepared for that. So, um, I, have, I have lived at high elevation as well. So, you know, I know how to deal with it, but... Um, you know, we got to Breckenridge on Thursday before the race, so we had time to acclimate. And uh, I mean, we, we I, I stayed with uh, I stayed with a bunch of members of Bravo Company in this monstrous party house. Well, I don't I don't mean party as a party, but <laughs> you know, a, a, it was an old house with lots of additions made for big parties of people and whatnot. And my room was upstairs, and the first day I was there, I got a headache every time I walked up to my room. Wow. Well, yeah, it's just preparation, um, and, and uh, you know, even if it's cold, don't forget to hydrate. That's very important. Yeah, no doubt. So that that was pretty cool being able to get out there a week ahead of time. Y'all probably got to go around and look at stuff and check everything out. Yeah, yeah, town is a great town, too, and everything, uh, you know, I was able to walk to the venue, so didn't even have to get in the car. No. Just walk right across downtown and up to the resort, and boom, you're there. Yeah, that's what I like about Atlanta. You just walk across the street if you get a room at the hotel. Oh, that's right, yeah. I, I remember saying to myself, too, I was going to stay there if I did a race at that venue again. Oh, it's awesome. <clears throat> well, Ted, um. I'm out of que- I'm out of questions, and we're getting over an hour here. So, is there anything else you want to add or say or anything? Yeah, say hi to Michael for me. I I definitely will. I definitely will. I'll tell you what. I'll punch him <laughs> for you. How about that? <clears throat> me and him are going to be rolling yeah. the Florida this weekend. Yeah. Well, you guys need to try and come out west a little bit more, at least to Breckenridge. I know we. Well, that's right. Never. You're doing West Virginia that weekend. I guess that ain't gonna work. Yeah, we're just trying to get it. We're trying to get all these beasts in, and we figured, you know, that was a new venue, and they got the whole trifecta thing there for the weekend, and we've never done that, so we figured we're gonna try to do a, we're gonna try to do a whole trifecta. If we feel like crap after the super, we're gonna let the sprint, we're gonna let the sprint go. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 Breckenridge has added an ultra too, so that'll be. Exciting. I, I saw that. That will be a tough ultra at that elevation, I bet. Yes, it will. I like how they're adding more ultras and just adding more races in general this year. It's been a it's a busy year for Spartan. Yeah, I gotta see if I'm up at that caliber to try one or not. No, I'll make that decision a little bit later. 
Uh, if you can do a beast, you can do an ultra beast. <laughs> I just, I just make sure there's a stretcher for me somewhere. <laughs> I just about needed one when I finished mine. It took me six months to get over aches and pains from that race. Enjoy. <laughs> well, Ted, man, I really appreciate your time, and I appreciate you talking to us today. All righty, yeah, the pleasure's mine, Scott. All right, man. Well, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye, everybody. Hope y'all enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Ted again for talking to us. I will be at the Florida Sprint and Super this weekend. Uh, come up to me and tell me what's up. Uh, like us on Facebook and Instagram. Leave us a review on iTunes. We will see you at the next race. Peace. Peace.